Lord, our prayer today is that your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven.
scriptures to Exodus chapter 14. If you will, please stand as we read the word of God. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. Amen. The kingdom of God has come. That's what Jesus came preaching. The kingdom has come. Hallelujah. Things change when the laws of the kingdom are released. Praise God. I like that song. Amen. Exodus chapter 14, we begin a sermon series this morning. Uh, it's titled Miracles Part 1. Miracles Part 1. From Exodus chapter 14, we'll begin reading with verse 21. How many have ever needed a miracle before? How many know that God's a miracle-working God? You know, I was just reading an article this week about how many doctors in the United States of America believe that God still does miracles. It was an overwhelming majority believe that God does miracles today. That was a, a report of a study made of doctors in the United States. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. Amen. Uh, we know that God does miracles. Amen. And uh, how many have ever seen a miracle, witnessed a miracle, had a miracle in your life? I want you to hold your hand up. Amen. I, I want to preach to you for a couple of Sundays about miracles and believing God and taking steps of faith to see the miraculous released. Sometimes you're one step of faith away from your breakthrough. I believe that. And God's just looking for people that will take that step and see the miraculous released. And look at verse 21, Exodus 14. It says, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. You may be seated. Please keep your Bibles open. God is not dead. Let me tell you on this, this uh, Sunday after Easter, he doesn't even have a headache. Amen. He has not gone on a far journey. Amen. He is not frantic about the challenges facing our world. And uh, I, I, in some forms, I, I'm a newsaholic because I like to stay up on what's happening out in the news. But if you're not careful, you can read so much news about all the problems facing our world that it cripples your faith and you forget who your God is. Amen. Uh, let me declare this morning on the first Sunday of this sermon series... God's not dead. He's not frantic about the world situations. Amen. He's still very much God and still very much in control. Amen. If your God's not in control, maybe on this Sunday morning, you need to consider switching gods. Hallelujah. Amen. Because our God's still in control. Amen. When confronted with the Red Sea, now you've got two to three million people who have come out of Egypt and they've marched to the Red Sea. And in front of them is this massive sea. The Red Sea was 1,400 miles long, is 1,400 miles long. It's 220 miles wide. It is 7,254 feet deep. You've got Israel and they've marched out of Egypt and they've got the Red Sea in front of them. 
Turn around and look behind you, and you've got the Egyptian army behind you. I did a little study about the Egyptian army and their troops were considered, well, it was certainly uh, the largest empire of that day, but they, it was said in one commentary they were crack troops. Their chariots uh, were world-renowned and their soldiers highly trained, professional. I'm telling you, Pharaoh did not send out uh, uh, just his, his everyday soldier to follow Israel. They had just had one of the most devastating things happen in their nation. All of the firstborn had been slain by the death angel that, that uh, came through the land and where they did not find the blood, the firstborn was killed in every household from Pharaoh's house to the least among them. I'm telling you, I believe we need the blood on our home today. Amen. I, I don't believe that living in these last days uh, before the next great, you know, before Pass or when Passover took place, it was about the blood and it was about the exodus, God bringing them out. Uh, God's readying this world for another great exodus. Amen. Uh, the children of God are headed home. Amen. And I, I just, this thought came to me while I was studying last week for the Easter message uh, that we are waiting, awaiting the next great exodus. But you know, maybe there might be another angel of death that goes through the land. History repeats itself. Biblical history repeats itself. There are patterns in the scripture that you see in the Old Testament clearly fulfilled in the New Testament. And before the exodus, there was an angel of death that went through the land. I'm telling you, it's a good hour to stay under the blood. It's a good time to make sure the blood is upon the doorpost and the lintel of your life. Amen. And that your children, your families get under the blood and declare the blood. Well, the, you have the Red Sea in front of them. You have the crack troops of the Egyptian army behind them. But the children of Israel had been following their God. Now, sometimes God will lead you to some impossible situations. Uh, why? Because if you could do everything, why would you need God? I'm telling you, sometimes as you follow the hand of God in your life and the direction of the Lord, God brings you to some places that he's got to show up. Because he doesn't ever want you to feel that you did it all by yourself. He wants you to see the miracles of God. That's his nature. He reveals himself as a God of miracles. And so in his leadership of our lives, he will bring us to places where there's a Red Sea in front of us and where there's an Egyptian army behind us and the doctor's report on either side of us and you don't know where to turn. But I'm telling you, if you've been following God, know this for sure, that God can make a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to say amen. Children of Israel had been following God, the pillar of cloud by day, but the pillar of fire. But it also says that the angel of the Lord went with them. Do you know that in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord where it was used like that was the pre-incarnate Christ? That Jesus, in his pre-incarnate state, as the angel of the Lord was leading. He was the captain of the host. Amen. He was leading and guiding. You need to make sure today as we're living in the last days and living closer to the coming of the Lord than mankind has ever been, uh, that you've got the angel of the Lord and the cloud of the glory of God uh, leading the way. The people saw the problem though. And as we look back up into chapter 14, the people saw the problem. In verse 10, I want everyone to look at this. Come on, open your Bibles 
Exodus 14. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. The Bible says they were sore afraid. You know, there are some kinds of fear and some type of fear uh, that is not an affront to God. But then there are certain kinds of fear that are. That fear, you know, you could see a snake uh, right here and it can momentarily make you uh, bring fear. You would back away from that. And, and you know that you don't want to uh, handle that snake. And, and to me, the only good snake is a dead snake. Amen. Amen. I believe they're there for us to kill. Amen. Amen. And to bruise their head. Amen. So uh, my, my wife, last I, I've killed every snake in my life that I've ever seen until last year I saw a snake and my wife said, don't kill that snake. That's a good snake. And I let that snake go and I thought all along, I have missed my opportunity because I believe every good snake's a dead snake. Amen. And I will not live by that again. Amen. Amen. Every snake I see, I don't care if you call him a good snake. He's going to be a dead snake. Amen. Amen. And, and, and you can have a momentary uh, uh, fear that enters, but it's what you do with that fear. The people allowed the fear of the obstacles and the challenges to get into them, and they became sore afraid. They allowed their fear to rule them. What we can't do today as the church of Jesus Christ is allow our fears to rule us. Amen. There are challenges out there. There are difficulties out there. But friends, don't let fear dictate to you. That's when it becomes an affront to God. To, if that fear rises up in your heart and it keeps you from doing what God's called you to do, then that is a, a bad fear that's in your life. And they were sore afraid and they cried unto the Lord. As I researched this cry, it was, it was not a cry of faith. But rather it was a cry of fear that they were allowing that fear uh, to begin to settle into their lives. And look at verse 13 of chapter 14. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians which you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. What a word, amen. Moses came with the word of the Lord. Uh, maybe we need to get rid of some of the doubt and the fear and the unbelief. Uh, they were speaking doubt and fear. And they, they spoke to Moses. Well, there were no graves in Egypt, Moses. So you brought us out here into this wilderness. And you brought us out here so that we might die under the hand of Pharaoh and be buried out here. And their fears begin to escalate in their minds. If you don't check fear. If you don't stop your fears, they will begin to build in your mind and you will see yourself in a grave. Uh, what you need to do is stop seeing yourself in a grave and see who is the resurrection and the life. You need to see he who is alive forevermore, amen, and has the keys of death, hell, and the grave, amen. Uh, if you don't check that fear when it begins to start and it begins to develop, and you, you've got to turn that around and say, I know my God is able. Amen. Verse 13, it says that salvation will be of the Lord today. Amen. Because those Egyptians who you have seen, you will not see anymore. I'm telling you that God has not changed. This was 3,500 years ago. This September 
Israel will celebrate their 70th Jubilee. Jubilee is 50 years. 70 times 50 is 3,500. They are celebrating this fall the 70th Jubilee of having come out of Egypt. 3,500 years ago they came out and they stood at a Red Sea. They stood with Egyptians uh, behind them and they began to fear and they began to cry out in fear. If you read the context of this, it was not a cry of faith, but it was a cry of fear. There's something different about the cry of faith that makes you call out on the name of the Lord and you say, oh God, I pray you'll turn this thing around. I pray you'll defeat those enemies that have come against me one way. You said in your word and they begin to cry out uh, statements of faith, scriptures of faith. You said you'd cause those enemies to flee from me seven ways. Amen. And so, but they cried out in fear. God had brought them out according to verse 14 by a mighty hand. He had brought them out of bondage by his strength. I'm telling you, friends, the church needs his hand today. Amen? Verse 14 says, the Lord shall fight for you. There are some battles that you just need God to stand up and fight. Amen. Anybody ever been there where you just said, God, would you just take this one? Amen. Would you just just take this battle and fight this? And I'm just going to praise you through the midst of this storm, praise you through the midst of this battle. It says the Lord shall fight for you. Uh, Clearly in the scriptures, and we're going through the book of 2 Samuel right now, you see that there were sometimes David inquired of the Lord, and God said, just stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. And when he inquired another time, God says, get your your arm on, come pass round about, get ready. Uh, because and, and so uh, sometimes we just need to get the word of the Lord and there are sometimes God's going to say you just praise me you just worship me I'm about to bring mighty deliverance and mighty uh, victory into your life and you're not going to need to fight this battle and this is what he said the Lord shall fight for you Maybe you're here in this early service on this Sunday morning and that is a word for somebody watching on live stream or in this sanctuary. The Lord will fight for you. You've fought this battle long enough. Uh, You've you've obeyed God. You've come out of Egypt. Uh, You've come out so that you might go in and the Egyptians are behind you. The Red Sea is in front of you and God wants you to know he's going to fight this battle for you. If we're following him, friends, there are some battles he's going to fight in our stead. Moses looks at the people and he says, hold your peace. Sometimes we need to just stop talking. Amen. Rather than letting our mouth run off with doubt, fear, and negativism. Amen. I'm preaching real good right now. Quit being negative. Don't sit by somebody that's negative. If you're by somebody that's negative and a doubter right now, I want you to get your Bible. No, don't do that. Amen. You need to be positioned around people in life that are speaking faith that with God all things are possible. We serve a possibility God. Amen. A miracle God. Don't don't resign yourself to be among fear mongers and doubters. Some will talk you right out of your miracle when your breakthrough is just about to take place. 
Back about eight or nine years ago, I was in the hospital, had to be in the hospital on Easter weekend. And a preacher friend of mine came up on Saturday afternoon and it was already discouraging enough that I was going to be in the hospital over Easter Sunday. And, and, and he said to me, he said, I've got friends that have died with what you have. I said, get out of here. Amen. So, you know, some people just need... I watched my wife throw a couple out of her daddy's room at the hospital. She said, thank you. Would, uh, you may, well, I forget what she, how she handled that. It was graceful. But I, I want to tell you, there are some people that are going to just come. Uh, they're, they're like the adversaries of Satan, uh, with Satan to bring doubt and fear and, and, and to help uh, bring unbelief. And God wants you to know that with God all things are possible. He has not failed you and he's not about to start failing you. Amen. You need to watch who you listen to. You may have to spend the next 40 years in the wilderness with them if you listen to them. Amen. They listen to 10 spies, and so you need to watch who you listen to because you may go around the mountain for a number of years because you listen to the wrong people. You need to get the right voices. You need to get voices of faith, of hope, of trust, not doubt and fear and unbelief. Hallelujah. I want everybody to turn to 1 Corinthians because you need to see this verse. 1 Corinthians. You know, we read all these Old Testament illustrations and we think, well, that's just Old Testament. But the, verse 10 sums this up and says, no, it's not just Old Testament. This is not just about the murmurers, the complainers, uh, the doubters, the people filled with fear. Uh, that wasn't uh, just for the Old Testament. I want everybody to look at 1 Corinthians 10 because this really enlightens us. Verse 10 says, neither murmur, this is 1 Corinthians 10, neither murmur, ye as some of them also murmured, and they were destroyed of the destroyer. Because they murmured, God allowed the destroyer to destroy them. Look at verse 11. All of these things happened unto them for our ensamples, for our examples. God is saying in the New Testament, every illustration you see in the Old Testament Every time they murmured, God judged them. Every time they complained, God judged them. Every time they, they, they lacked faith and fear just filled their life, God judged them. And, and, and Paul, in writing to Corinth, he says that God uses those Old Testament illustration as New Testament examples for us today. Because God doesn't want you to live in fear. He doesn't want you to live in doubt. He doesn't want you to live in negativity. Friends, I'm here to stir up some faith. Amen. I'm here to stir up some belief. God's not gone anywhere. God's still on his throne. Amen. And he says there uh, for our ensamples that they are written for our admonition. I'm admonishing you. Be a man of faith. Be a woman of faith. Be a child of God of faith. Don't speak anything other than faith and trust in God upon whom the ends of the world. He's talking about those living at the end of the world, at the end of the age. Uh, the end of the world has come. I admonish them, exhort them that they be people of faith. We're going to see things happening in our world. But friends, don't take your eyes off of Jesus. He is still the angel of the Lord that's leading the way. 
Somebody say amen. Well, there was a word in verse 15 of Exodus. I want you to go back to Exodus. And I want to give this word to you from verse 15, Exodus 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. I want everybody to take out a pen and I want you to underline those two words right there in your scriptures. And I want you to put your name and I want you to put this date. Amen. I want you to put April the 12th, 2015, by that date. Because I believe God's issuing some orders today that we don't sit here and we don't just look at the challenges, but we go, everybody say go forward. They needed a word. God said, stop your crying, your cry of doubt. The Lord's going to fight for you. Somebody needs this word. He even, in verse 15, he's saying to Moses, Moses, stop your praying. There comes a time, friends, that we got to stop praying and we got to go forward. There comes a time that we've been on our prayer knees. It's time to get up and march. Amen. There were times that God said to Israel, we're going to encamp here and you're going to stay here. You're going to rest. You're going you're to be fed and you're going to be ministered unto. But then there's a time to march. And you say, Pastor, look what's in front of us. God said, go forward. Uh, well, uh, there's a sea, uh, 1,400 miles long, 220 miles wide, 7,425 uh, 7, feet deep. Uh, there's the Red Sea. In front. God said, go forward. There are obstacles in front of, uh, of some of you this morning. Maybe you're watching my live stream in this sanctuary, and there's some things confronting you. I'm telling you, God said in the spite of the challenges facing Israel, he said, Moses, tell the people, go forward. Well, well we, you know, men have to work this out, and men have to devise a plan. Uh, that's just part of uh, who we are as men. I, uh, you know, I got to know how this is going to work and figure this out on paper and, and have a game plan. And, uh, you know, uh, all your, your football teams go in, your, your sports, they go into their games with, with plans they are going to execute. I'm telling you, uh, how do you plan against a Red Sea that's standing in front of you? God says, go forward. Uh, well, but God, no, but God. Go forward. Moses, quit praying. There comes a time that we just got to take a step of faith. There comes a time that you just got to do something. Amen. I don't know how God's going to work this out. I don't know where the miracle's coming from. I don't know how we're going to see the victory. God says go forward. That means you got to take a step. Everybody say take a step. Go forward means you can't be positioned any longer. You got to get up off your pew and you got to take a step. Somebody needs to hear this today. Take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. That in the going forward, the miracles begin to unfold. I'm telling you, as they took a step of faith, things begin to happen. He didn't say back up. Going forward is different than backing up. Oh, but God, there's waves in front of me. Uh, Lord, there's, there's all kind of sea life. There's whales out here. There's sharks out here. God said, go forward. Uh, God, I can't swim. Go forward. God, you just don't understand. There's an ocean in front of me. Go forward. There's obstacles. I'm telling you, friends, you've got two to three million people to feed, and God says go march them into the sea. Sometimes things that God is saying to you can look pretty difficult, pretty challenging, maybe even ridiculous. You want me to march them into the sea? God says go forward. 
Somebody needs to hear this today. You need to take a step of faith. You need to go forward. You need to take it out of park. Take it out of neutral. My five-year-old grandson has already learned uh, what, what the R, what the P, what the R, what the N, and what the D is all for. Uh, on, your, on your stick shift and on your column there in your uh, car. Uh, he, he knows that's neutral. He knows that's park. I, I'm telling you, God was telling them to take it out of park. Take it out of neutral. Don't put it in R. Amen. Uh, we, we had a situation. Well, I've got a relative. Amen. Uh, that that uh, threw it in reverse backed up, hit a tree, threw it down and drive, drove forward and hit another tree. I, I, I got so frustrated that when they hit the tree behind them, they were just out of it and, and drove forward into another tree. No, just put it in D and just begin to go forward. Amen. I, God wants to see us march forward. There comes a time that we got to take steps. The church has got to take steps of faith. Dare we let the devil push us and confine us and hold us back in the finest day of ministry and opportunity than ever before? We live close to the coming of Christ. We live in the last days. And God said in the last days, I'm going to visit my people. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We live in the greatest opportunity that mankind has ever seen for the propagation of the gospel. And God says, go forward. Amen. Some have been making funeral plans. And I wrote this in my notes. You've been making funeral plans. God says go forward. Not with the funeral plans. Amen. Let's make sure we understand that. Don't go forward with the funeral plans. Go forward with I'm going to live and not die. I'm going to live. Somebody say amen. I'm going to live and not die. Forward was a command to do something. Don't sit here any longer. You're not to be camped. Do you know that God, uh, through his son Jesus, gave a go forward to the church? He said, go into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. Go forward. We're to penetrate the darkness with the light of Jesus. Amen. In Luke 10, 37, when the man fell among the thieves and the good Samaritan took him up and took care of him, he said, go thou and do thou likewise i'm telling you if you look through the scriptures and you see how many times the word g-o is used you will begin to pick up on something that god's trying to communicate a message of faith that friends there comes a time that we pray that we intercede but there comes a time that we get up and we begin to move forward amen and we begin to do the works of christ evangel temple is following the command to go forward you better be tied to a group that's obeying the go, amen, of the Great Commission. God gave direction, and the Red Sea was in front of them. The Holy Spirit will give you specific direction if you will listen with a hearing ear what he's wanting to say. He didn't say leave. He didn't say, he didn't say go to the left, go to the right. He said go forward. But, 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 but God, there's walls in front of me. There's the walls of Jericho eventually as, as they begin to inherit the land. There were giants. He said, go forward in that passage. Uh, they didn't have money at one time. He said, go forward. Uh, they're, they're, the people with them at one time were feeble. He said, go forward. It was time to march. 
Friends, there may be a mountain in your way, but God is speaking a go forward to people today. Amen. To not let fear and doubt assail you, but take a step of faith and believe that God's greatest days for your life still lie ahead. Amen. God is not dead. He has not gone out of business. Arise to the glory is point number two, and I'll close with this, and I want our worship team to come back. The glory was with Israel. They, remember, they, now they're at the Red Sea. They have the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. But when they got to the Red Sea and when the enemy got close enough, you know, the enemy's going to come, and they were there with all of their equipment, their, their chariots and their, uh, their crack troops. The devil will taunt you with all that he has, all of his weaponry. But then the glory of the Lord moved from in front of them to behind them. So that positionally you have a Red Sea in front of them. You have the children of Israel. Then you have the glory. Then you have the Egyptians. It says that the Egyptians wearied themselves all night long. I, I want to tell you, it is a wearisome thing to fight against the presence of God. You will weary yourself if you fight against the glory. You better enjoy and welcome the presence. Welcome the glory. Amen. And they fought against the glory of God that was there all night long. You know, what, what amazes me, and I was thinking about this as I was studying this in several commentaries. How can you witness something like that and not be stirred and not be moved? And not be understanding, not perceived? Here, here's the Egyptians, and they see the hand of God has moved to separate them. They're wearying themselves. They can't get through. They're trying to get through to, through to Israel. They're trying to still attack. They're in the glory of God. It was a pillar of fire by night. So they're, they're walking in to a pillar of fire. They're seeing fire, and yet they're persisting. I'm telling you, the devil will have people that will persist in this last day to do what's wrong. They'll persist, and you, you wonder, how can the world out there that is so lost not see the error of their ways? I look at some of the things happening in the news in the world and, and the blindness of people's hearts and it just reminds me of these Egyptians how they were wearying themselves to try to push through. It didn't matter that it was a pillar of fire separating them because it was all night. So it wasn't cloud, it was, it was the fire because it was night. They wearied themselves all night. The world is so lost, they have become so hardened. It says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I believe that's a pattern of what has happened in a New Testament time as we live close to the coming of the Lord. People have got so blind to their sin, so blind to the, uh, the, the ways of the world that they no longer see the presence. They no longer can recognize this is the glory of God. This is the presence of God. When we would see the fire and we, we'd fall down. Or we, we would recognize it's the angel of the Lord. It's the power of God. I'm telling you, we're living in a day when darkness is getting darker. But hold on, church. The light is getting brighter. The anointing is getting stronger. God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. There's going to be people that are going to fall by the wayside. They're going into darkness. They're going to serve the enemy. They're going, uh, they're, going, they're going to fight the glory. But we're commanded to go forward, to stay in the presence, stay behind the angel of the Lord. Amen. 
to follow the angel and to move and watch God open the Red Sea. I'm telling you, there's a wonderful miracle that unfolds that we'll share next week. And I want everyone to stand. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're not born again. If you're not saved. And you need prayer. I want you to slip your hand up right now. All across this room. If you're not born again. If you're not saved. If you're not ready to stand before the Lord this morning. And you know you need the Lord in your life. I want you to raise your hand. Anyone, you're not where you ought to be with Christ. You need to be born again. God bless you, sir. Amen. What about it, Mom? What about it? You know that you need to give your life to Christ. Maybe you've been running from God. and You've come to this early service this morning. The Spirit of God has brought you here. And you've been running from God. I'm telling you, God loves you so much that He tugged at your heart to get you to an early service. He tugged at your heart to get you here early on a Sunday morning to hear a Pentecostal preacher preach about the greatness and the magnitude of our God, how great our God is. How many have a spiritual need? You'll raise your hand for prayer. You have a spiritual need. God bless you in the back. God bless you. God bless you in the back, Mama. Amen. You have a spiritual need. I want every person that has a spiritual need, I want you to come to the front right now. Every person that needs to give your life to Jesus, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to make Him Lord, I want you to come right now. I want our prayer partners to come. Come on. We need some prayer partners. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to make Him Lord. Or you have a spiritual need, I want to invite you to come. You know, part of the gospel is that Jesus came to heal and he came to undo the works of the devil. If you have been under the attack of the enemy, I want to invite you to come right now. If you've been under the attack of the enemy, I want to invite you to come right now. If the devil has been attacking your life in any area, come on. God bless you ladies for coming. Amen. You've been under the attack of the devil. I want you to come right now. I want every person that needs healing to come. I heard last night Brother Reinhard Bonnke was sharing with me one of the most amazing miracles of God. I hope that he will share that miracle this morning. I don't tell him what to preach and what to say. But I'm telling you, God is still in the miracle business and he still heals the sick. And God has healed so many people under that ministry, but He's not the respecter of persons, times, or places. And He can heal you right here in this service this morning. If you are sick in body, I invite you to come right now. Every person that needs healing in your life, I want to invite you to come right now. You need healing. I want us to stretch our hands towards these who've come. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray over God, these who have come that are under the attack of the enemy. These who are here this morning, oh God, in this early service with spiritual needs. Lord, those that need to accept your Lordship in their life. In Jesus' name, we confess who you are. That Jesus as the Messiah, as Yeshua, Lord, as the Christ, the Son of the living God. We declare that you alone are Lord. Jesus is Lord.
we confess our sins this morning and we repent of our sins and we acknowledge you and we welcome you Holy Spirit we welcome your work in our lives hallelujah Lord I pray for those that need a miracle this morning that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ touch them and healing flow come on I want everybody to pray for healing Lord let the healing gifts operate Right now, let miracles abound in this room and to those on live stream. Everyone that needs healing on live stream, you raise your hand right now. God's witnessing that hand right now. Be healed in the name of the Lord. Be healed in the name of Jesus. The Lord calls you to arise. The Lord calls you to be healed by the authority of Christ, by the authority of His name. Friends, we're going to do one more thing before we close this early service. I believe people need the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the touch of the Holy Spirit. And I want everyone in this room, everyone on live stream, I want you to lift your hands and I want us to welcome the Holy Spirit right now. Come on, just welcome the Holy Spirit. Come on. Amen. Don't grieve Him. Don't quench Him. Welcome Him. Welcome, Spirit of God. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Touch each worshiper. Touch each person here under the sound of my voice. Fill them afresh. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We welcome your work. Thank you, precious wind of God and fire. Lord, let there be a baptism of the fire of God. The fire of the Spirit settles upon everyone. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's sing it together. I want us to pray over the 1030 service with Reinhard Bonnke and Brother Jim Rayleigh tonight at 6 o'clock. Also our team that's in the Czech Republic, uh, they're building the Teen Challenge Center and then our 68 men and boys that will be coming home tonight from uh, the Royal Ranger Powwow. So let's lift our hands and pray. Father, we do pray over the services today. And God, we lift up our men and boys that uh, Father will be coming home tonight and our group that's in the Czech Republic. 
Lord, we pray for Brother Jim Rayleigh tonight, Brother Reinhardt Bonke at 10.30 this morning. Lord, as we prepare our hearts for those times of ministry, I pray that Brother Bonke will prophesy to this church, that he will be used as a prophet, God, as an apostle, as an evangelist in this church, O oh Lord. That, God, you will use him and there will be a mighty anointing that will be released, O oh God. We call in a multitude of souls being saved, of people being healed and baptized in the Spirit of God. And we welcome you, wind of God and fire of God, to fall upon this house of worship today in the name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. God bless you for being in this early.